Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. There's the art of um, the art and science of um, avoiding the arising un unwholesome states. The art and science and exploration of uh, abandoning unwholesome states. There's the art, science, and exploration of uh, inviting or giving birth to uh, beautiful states of mind or wholesome states of mind that uh, have not arisen yet. And there's the art and science of uh, maintaining, cultivating, uh, developing, perfecting uh, qualities that uh, are already present. And just now I'd like to talk about... Uh, giving birth, so that particular effort of uh, inviting, giving birth to um, wholesome, liberating uh, ways of perceiving, of understanding uh, life, uh, reality. And so I'll I'll ask for this, the help of my good friend, Rohitasa. And Rohitasa is um, a very interesting character at the time of the Buddha. And um, they are very clever, very quick, very smart, and gutsy, and playful. The first time I read about Rohitasa, reading the exchange with the Buddha and the story of Rohitasa, I thought, oh, this is exactly like Puck in the Tempest. You know, this very quick, playful um, uh, character. And um, in my mind, it's always been clear that uh, they're non-binary. And uh, so Rohitasa, I don't know how they get there, but they, they're in the, the area where the Buddha is uh, uh, teaching or maybe practicing. And so I think they ran into somebody who said, uh, maybe Ananda, the assistant of the Buddha. So somebody said, hey, the Buddha is right, uh, right, right there, you know. If you want, you could uh, have an exchange uh, with the Buddha for a few minutes. Would, would you be interested? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, so you just go, you know, uh, offer respect, and uh, you could ask a question, you know, and, and uh, that could be... Uh, so the Buddha goes. Uh, the, not the Buddha, but Rohitasa goes. And... Uh, 
you know, it, it says, as it often uh, says, when uh, people go talk to the Buddha, they they do some prostration, some some uh, expression of uh, of um, respect, you know. And uh, often, as it says, you know, they, the Ruitasa uh, stays at what seems like the right distance, you know, to to be respectful and. Um, and they ask their question. And just this to me is interesting. What would be your question? You know, to, to the Buddha. Like, let's imagine you get only one. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, Rohitasa is, has a lot of kind of, seems to have a lot of self confidence and. So, so they go right away with their question, uh, very candidly, very, uh, and they say, um, so my question to you is, um, is it possible to reach the end of the world uh, by walking? Would that have been your question? <laughs> Me neither. That's why I have so much respect for uh, Rohitasa, because Rohitasa is one step ahead of me. <laughs> or a few. And uh, so the Buddha uh, says, um, No, Rohitasa. It's, it's not possible to reach the end of the world by walking. And Rohitasa said, Wow. Wow, amazing. How amazing is that? You know, I just ask you, is it possible by walking to reach the end of the world? And you say it, it's just like this. No, it's not possible, Rohitasa, to reach the end of the world by walking. Because, Rohitasa goes on, because I actually tried. I tried with like all my might, and, and I'm in good shape, you know? And I walked and walked and walked, and I didn't stop, and I just kept walking, you know? Well, actually, I did stop. I stopped here and there, a little rest, a little pee, a little defecating, very honest, very reporting on their experience, very uh, honestly, not hiding anything from the master. <laughs> I, and, but really, I kept going. I never did reach the end of the world. And the Buddha says, Ruhitasa, it's not uh, possible to reach the end of the world by walking. And it's not possible to reach uh, the end of suffering without reaching the end of the world. Ruhitasa, the world, the birth of the world, the beginning of the world, the end of the world, and the path to the end of the world is here. In this fathom long body, it's here, Rohitasa. I love this teaching so much because there's a, it's, to me, it talks about right effort. The Buddha is saying to Rohitasa, or I hear this. Don't go searching outside. You know, don't go searching so far outside, you know. You won't find it. It's in here. And he's reorientating all the energy and effort that Rohitasa is willing to put uh, and saying, just 
sit here, that's what I hear, just sit here and check this out. Check this out. There's a lot to see here. Put all your attention in this direction and you'll see the world arise, you know. Or the world of I, I, and I. Have you seen a little bit? The different worlds created here? You don't need much. A cushion, a chair, you know, and all world, all kinds of worlds are created. Me later, me in the past, etc., you know. Like, sit there, you'll see. You'll see the birth of the world. You'll see it. You'll see the end of the world. And you need to see this to reach the end of suffering. And, yeah, so that's what we do here. Maybe we've been looking outside for satisfaction, for understanding, for this and that. And the invitation here is to use all that beautiful energy of quest, of curiosity, of wanting, or even faith, like thinking there must be another way. There must be another way than the way I'm related to the, relating to the world. There must be another, either big change, big different way, or a slight little adjustment in my relationship with things, you know. There must be another way to live, you know. And so we're invited to sit here and discover. Uh, and part of what is going to happen on this, on this path is that we're, we're creating the conditions for changes of mind, you know, changes of view, so that we can start to perceive things in a new, uh, wholesome, liberating way. And what uh, we do, so if, I don't know if Rohitasa stayed, but I would imagine, this is my imagination here, uh, the Buddha saying, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll make a little program for us, <laughs> for you. First, you're going to abandon and avoid uh, the hindrances. Let me tell you what they are. And so I want you to work on this. So you'll work on abandoning, uh, avoiding the hindrances. Okay. And after, in this program, we're going to start to um, uh, invite and cultivate and perfect uh, the seven factors of awakening. That's another short list for the beautiful qualities of mind that are helpful along the way. The seven Factors of awakening. Google knows about it. <laughs> Chat GTP OC. <laughs> and so this is a program. We're going to abandon this, uh, nurture that. And by nurturing these qualities, um, making them arise, maintaining them, cultivating them, perfecting them, balancing them even. We're going to create the condition so that you'll be able to see the world, the nature of the world, how phenomena, uh, if I can say this in English, if it works, behaves, the nature of phenomena. But you need the right condition. If you're like stuck in your mind with all the ideas about the past, the future, and this and that, 
worry, anticipation, planification, hope, etc. You're under occupation, honey pie. I can't do much. <laughs> you know, but if we do calm the mind a bit, like remove some of the desire and fear and aversion, and we stabilize the mind a bit, we bring some of these qualities, energizing factor, calming factors together, there'll be the right conditions to see for yourself, uh, you know, the nature of reality. And it's not mysterious. It's not uh, remote. It's right there. It's hidden. It's covered by uh, superficial attention. It's covered, hidden only by agitation. It's covered only by narration, description, uh, proliferation, embellishment, elaborations of mind, mental formations. It's only covered by that. It's not, it's not mysterious. It's right there to be seen. But you just need to bring a few qualities together. Maybe, yeah, we could say maybe just curiosity and calm. Just enough of each so that you can be in contact in a, with a high-quality contact with reality. And then it will become clear to you. You'll see how uh, phenomena behaves. And how does it behave? Well, it's dynamic. It's ephemeral. That's what's uh, amazing and universal about events, uh, experiences, things that happen. But you don't see this because you're busy with your mind uh, that makes concepts, you know, it starts to think, oh, Pascal, Pascal. So Pascal is a solid thing in thoughts, you know. And the, the, the institution is a solid thing, BCIMS. You know, who is, who is seeing BCIMS? Bring to me BCIMS. <laughs> you know, BCIMS, the, it's so dynamic. So, you know, it's time, skills, personalities, over time, Changing, you know, this this is us. This is us. BCIMS. Whoops! And suddenly, what? Three thirty. <laughs> but you know, suddenly it becomes emails. <laughs> you know, and whoops! In a few days, it'll be something else. It'll be the LGBTQ retreat on, uh, on South Spring Island. You know, suddenly, whoops! BCIMS will be queer. <laughs> Suddenly, it'll go from heteronormative <laughs> to queer. Wow, how dynamic is that? I hadn't noticed. I thought BCIMS was... <laughs> it's been there for that many decades. No, it's, uh, it's much more... And so pay attention. You'll notice BCIMS. Wow. It just changed. It's virtual. Suddenly, it's live. It wears masks. <laughs> At some point, it won't, you know. And uh, so that's that's what we're going to be become aware of. Uh, insight. This is what is meant by insight: a deep understanding. And so maybe I said this here. The, the, any anything of what I say, I think, comes from me. So little, anyway. Uh, this is a, what we're doing here, partly in big part. Is a is a, a training in perception, perceptual training. 
we're training ourselves to become uh, um, highly, acutely, uh, in a stabilized way, aware of the impermanent nature, ephemeral nature of events, external events, internal events. We're training ourselves to be able to relate to the world through the, this interest, this capacity to recognize the impermanence that the mind tends to hide all the time, you know. Uh, you know, with whatever, with identities, with uh, functions, status, with uh, experiences, you know. Uh, and by being attentive, we start to see how things change. And it's very gradual. Don't worry, Rohitasa. It's very gradual, you know. You'll just uh, sit here and you'll pay attention. You'll get out of your stories and your mind and your narration. Very natural that it would happen, but we're, we're going to abandon that a little bit. And we're going to start to notice that what we call the body is actually a river of sensation, filled of tingling, heat, coolness, coldness, warmth, expansion, contractions, verticality, flatness, whatever, you know, it's all these. And the more we'll pay attention, we'll break, we'll dissect, we'll break up this idea of a solid body. We're going to discover this field of life, you know, but it needs attention. Otherwise, it's just a body. It's mine, I'm stuck with it, I don't like it, you know. And as we pay attention, we'll discover that it's not even ours, that there was something we've been conditioned to think it's me, or I'm in it, or something like this. But we'll discover, wow, it's so elemental. It's so such a play of temperature and fluidity, rigidity, hardness, weight, lightness. It's such an amazing play. How, how, could, I, how could this be owned? You know, how could this be exactly me? Like I'm just thinking about, uh, it's worth doing it, maybe for me at least. When was it? Yesterday morning when I had my ass on my feet. <laughs> this was so impermanent. Like, it's strange that I call this me. <laughs> this thing hardly ever happens in my life. <laughs> And voila, it's gone. Ah. And so it's a different way to relate huh, to the body. And then we pay closer attention and we start to see how it's, uh, it's so yeah, elemental, it's so nature, natural. It's meteorology, it's, uh, you know, it's, very, it's physical, it's material, it belongs to, you know, it, it's, it's this. Why would, why would this be me, this be me, and this not be me? You know, it's strange because this, at least the sensations here, they keep passing, they keep passing. You know, they, it's not the same hand already. It's a different tingling already than it was a few seconds ago. When I talk about this, it seems uh, ridiculous or... Uh, there's another word, I won't find it. Uh, 
you know, this seems like it doesn't make sense, but here we're, the, we're in the world of insight, of direct experience. We're trying to put words on top of that. It's really wobbly, defective, you know. And so very uh, slowly we're, not only the body, that we're going to say, oh, wow, how could I make, you know, like, it's, it's so alive, it, that's its own rule, it breathes by itself, it aches by itself, it, you know, it does all kinds of things, hormonally by itself, you know, it hot flashes by itself, it, it does what it does by itself, and then we'll, might discover along the way that the mind does the same thing, <laughs> basically, you know. I, 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 I don't want to think that much. You know, I'd like peace here. But it, 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 it keeps commenting and coaching and debating and uh, proliferating. You know, wow, it has a life on its own. It says things that are not, it's not me. It comes from whatever, a dominant culture, society, capitalism. And, you know, there's all these things that are said, they come from all kinds of uh, places, you know. Ah, they're not exactly me. But they're there, definitely there. It has a, definitely has a lot to say about everything. Emotions, even. Ah, 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 ah. It's worth making sounds here. Ah, ah, ah. So liberating to discover that along the way, that, oh, it's not me. But it's definitely there. There is agitation. There is fear. Wow, what liberation. Wow. And suddenly, oh, there is existential angst. You know? But it's, a, it's an event. It came together uninvited. It's probably going to pass. Uh, also, despite my best efforts, to, you know, it's in its own way, it's going to... You know, my beliefs, what I call my beliefs, you know, well, they come from what? From family, from culture, from... And so sitting here, Rohitasa, wow, you're going to travel. Buckle up. <laughs> you're going to see a lot of things here, you know, and, and you're going to clarify things, you know, that a lot of it is not you. It's not you, you know. It's been conditioned in there, ingrained in there. It's, you know. And so, what you'll discover is a world of change uh, outside, inside the body, in the body, in the mind, you know. You'll discover suddenly the mind is grumpy, and you think, okay, that's it for today, you know. And 20 minutes later, it's something else, you know. It's uh, suddenly it's humble and grateful, you know. What happened? You know? Bang, it just switched. And so this training in perception, we don't want like, okay, change perceptions now. We just pay attention. It's going to be revealed by itself. It's just right there. We're going to discover that things are impermanent that, uh, and that they're not self, exactly. In a certain way, we can have the use the language and say, this is me, you know, this is mine. But when we look a little further, when we bring these conditions together, when we bring mindfulness first, mindfulness, 
and then out of mindfulness, uh, it looks so passive. There's nothing happening. We just sit here. We're doing nothing. We're doing nothing. Are we going to get somewhere by doing nothing like this? I'm not sure. Doubt arises. <laughs> it looks passive, but it's not passive. It's it's very powerful. I don't know if you've experienced it a little bit for yourself. I think it's very possible that you did, that we did. You know, the when suddenly in the equation, in the habit of mind and body, you insert a new element called mindfulness. Suddenly, whoops. It changes the equation. It has an impact. And when we introduce this uh, careful attention, this caring attention, this attentive presence, it can have different names, but it's something to be felt, to be known from the inside. When there is this that comes in the landscape, it changes the landscape. Suddenly the possibility, the birth of a patience, or maybe humor. I don't know if you've had that, but I sit here, I'm smiling all the time, because it's amazing to see what the mind comes up with. You know, you just sit there and it's going to come up with something. You know, it's wild, you know, to see what the mind uh, comes up with, strange ideas of things that, of the past, that never happened, but that might have happened. <laughs> You know, this is one that fascinates me. I'll be sitting here, it's like, wow, if that had happened, but it, it didn't. <laughs> and it's the past, so it won't. <laughs> I don't mind, Pascal. I can do a good 20 minutes on this. <laughs> and I'll provide lots of emotions. You'll be insulted, you'll be resentful, you'll feel shame, you know. We know it's never happened, and we won't. Irrelevant. <laughs> you know, so being attentive to all these formations, you know, some humor can start to, to come, you know. Or tenderness, wow. Look at that. This mind, you know, creating a suffering for itself, you know. A deep compassion for the messages that got, you know... Uh, that we bought into the, the, the unconsciously, you know. Suddenly I start to think, you know, like an advertisement, or like, a, you know, I, somehow the message got in, in me. That, you know, some, somehow, like I'm sitting here and I want, I want to, I want, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I want, I want news. You know, I want, I want a hit of dopamine. Is that the thing that happens when I open my phone and I want the, I want the, the, the news feed? The, I want to, to know what somebody is, is drinking. <laughs> you know, give me anything. Like, tell me about... I want, I'd, love, I'd love that. No, it's just the only thing I want. You know, I don't want much. I, I don't think it's that unwholesome. You know, it's, it's, I just want to know if somebody's drinking something with the heart shape. <laughs> you know, it's like ah, oh, okay. So the mind is hooked on that now. Just, it would never happen to me. <laughs> 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 
yeah, the birth of the world, the end of the world. I've, I think I've told this story a few times here, but uh, you know, going in the museum in uh, Holland, and there was a installation. Is that the way you say? It? From Louise Bourgeois, and there's this uh, a cage, and in the cage, there's a three dim. It's a it's a real no. It's not a real cage. It's a it's an artist's cage. It's a cage with uh, inside. Uh, there's a character right in the middle of the cage. Uh, it's a turd, kind of a turd form, form of a turd. You know, like the emoticon, but three-dimensional, with legs. And this turd is looking at itself in a mirror. And the door of the cage is open. And I was amazed. I was like, wow, look at this. This is so Buddhist. You know, there's a creation of a self that is unworthy. And there's a fascination for the self that is unworthy. And it's encaged. The door is open, but there's so much fascination in the mirror that it would never be noticed. Plus, it's probably, it's not even a cage. You probably can lift it because it's, it's mind-made. You know, it's a, it's a construction of, of a, it's a, it's a design. It's, a, it's, a, it's an art production, you know. It's a, and I thought, wow. So, Rohitasa, sit here. You'll see where Liz Bourgeois, Louise Bourgeois <laughs> took her ideas, you know. Well, that's my kind of interpretation of what I saw, but, but that's what we discover. We sit here and we notice, wow, like I keep hating my, a certain self, you know. It's a, it's a construction, but I adhere to it. I believe in it, and, and I'm caught in that. And it's all mind-made, you know. There's, there's nothing of it that is true except my buying into it, you know. And so that's what the Buddha seems to be saying to Rohitasa, Rohitasa, don't go looking out there. S- sit here and look inside this phantom long body with its perception, depending on the trans- tra- translation. It's, it is a, this phantom long body with its uh, mind and perception, with its mind and cognition, the way it cognizes, the way it interprets, interpret, inter- the interpretation perception, projection on things. And you'll see this, it's fascinating and can be so liberating to see, wow, that's a mind construction. That self-hatred or self-aggrandizement or that timeline, that timeline, I was, I am, I will be, this is mind constructed. Okay, if there was heresy, it just happened. How dare you say this? There's no timeline. Well, show it to me. This here, this here. It doesn't mean what happened didn't have an impact. No, no. Of course it did. You know. But that kind of way of constructing the mind and considering the mind and thinking, uh, cons- this way of constructing the world, this way of perceiving and considering this unique way of perceiving the world of a me under the timeline, it's pretty limited. And it's made up, you know? Wow. What possibility here to free oneself from, from that? <laughs> 
to see through this. Buddha used the image of the mirage, you know, to talk about perception. And so here we have the chance to start to see how the world is constructed. The mirage-like nature of things, the way it could maybe uh, be revealed is um, through uh, maybe awareness at some point, you know, you're just there with the breath or silence or body sitting and comes into focus, you know, the mood and the way it uh, influences perception, you know. Just because suddenly wave of discouragement and the whole retreat and the whole project of self seem like doomed, you know, will never amount to anything. Before I would kind of buy into it. But here I have the chance to discover, oh, look at this. It's just a mood. And it gives, uh, you know, it gives a color to the world. It, You know, it, it, uh, suddenly the future self, you know, seems, it appears like this. Wow, how liberating to know that an appearance is just that. An appearance, oh, it appears like this. It appears like this, that it's never going to work. If I'm totally fooled by this, it's never going to work is really hard to be with, No. It's never going to work. You know? But to know that it's never going to work is a mirage. It's how it appears right now. It's ephemeral. It's unstable, inconsistent. Ah, I can be with the, oh, it's never going to work. Which is not just a thought. It's a constriction of the chest. You know, it's oppressive in some ways, you know. But if I know that, oh, it just appears like this, and it creates all these things in the body, nuts or contraction or tightness, and then maybe I can be with this, with uh, some amount of lightness maybe. Oh, yeah, it appears like this. With tenderness, which is what is being cultivated then, you know, if... I'm accompanying myself with tenderness, compassion. This is what is being cultivated just now. And so the the three Ps, the three Ps, thank you, Ruth King, the three Ps of perception the three great changes in perception, the three uh, waking up of perception, not personal, not permanent, not perfect. And so the training in perception here is to start to recognize that what I project satisfaction, solidity in is not that, is not that, cannot be this. Things being impermanent, changing, they cannot be solid and reliable and stable. It's not, it's not what offers the world. It's not in the nature. It's not how things behave. They don't behave like this 
with permanence and solidity and you know they, they don't things are by nature unstable changing things in the body situation things in the heart are by nature changing impermanent unstable unreliable uncertain and so here we get to come closer to this to become aware of this look at that how changing it is you know it looks like a good idea the retreat suddenly I'm not too sure was it such a great idea then it's a great idea again then oh enough and it was a bad idea you know then no. when I look at it now a week later it was a good idea <laughs> but now I'm not sure again you know ah my perceptions are changing changing you know something happens it looks uh, like the worst thing ever you know give it a few hours a few days maybe I start to smile when I tell the story you know or the others seems like they're after me you know they're mean and they're after me and after just clarifying a few points I discovered that no it was just a misunderstanding they're not there to get me you know there, there was just a slight little mistake in the understanding maybe you know ah that's the world I'm inhabiting a world where things are changing my view of things are changing it's changing people are changing you know they appear and they disappear I didn't know this I thought people of all things if I can say it like this were very kind of solid and permanent and existing. You know, when somebody exists, they really exist. You know? But then I learned that they don't. I just some heard this, that this person that exists doesn't anymore. Wow. So what is solid, what appears to be solid is not. What appears to be separate is not, it's conditional. We live in a world of conditionality. You know, things arise when conditions uh, that support the arising of this uh, are there. In some conditions we have a say on, in some conditions we don't. You know? So, you know, there might be something that I want, if the conditions come together, there might be some conditions that I can contribute to. But if the conditions are not there, it's not going to happen. Even if I put a lot of will and imagination into it, you know, if the conditions are not there, it's not going to happen. So things are uncertain in this way. I don't have per perfect control on things. There is uncontrollability you know? and so by paying attention I can discover this how the world is unstable unreliable changing there is beauty there is gratification there is meaning there is healing there is even freedom possible and yet this world it's not in its nature to provide everything it doesn't do that this world is made of uh, old age, disease, and death. You know, that's the shortcut for dukkha, for the insatisfactory nature of things. 
And so what we do is we, in the, on the path, is we slowly abandon uh, the hindrances and afflictive emotions that cover, hide reality for us. And we develop, invite and develop uh, beautiful, powerful qualities of mind. And they set the stage, we could say. They create the conditions, the right conditions to see exactly how things are. You know? When I thought things were personal, I'm discovering that maybe they're not. You know? Disease happens. You know? It happens. It's, there's nothing so personal about it. You know? uh, confusion happens. You know, sometimes it's on that side of the room, sometimes on that side. You know, it moves about, you know. Sometimes clarity, sometimes generosity moves, you know. And I can make it mine, think it's me, I'm, I'm like this. You know, the conditions are right, generosity is going to be present. If they're not, oops, it's not going to be available. Things are not ours. It's really, it's poignant, no? What I think is mine, let's say, I'm a creative person. I'm a very creative person. This is me, I'm creative. Well, concussion, you know. One thing might happen, and suddenly, whoops, creativity is gone. I cannot absolutely count on this. I cannot define myself by that, you know. Even if it seems core to who I am, you know. It, it might not be available one day just because a few days of not sleeping well, you know, suddenly some of these beautiful qualities that are so intrinsically me are gone. You know? And so it's a world where things, uh, yeah, do pass, crumble. There's two options here that I see, and a third one. One option is to hate the world for what it is. You know, that sucks, Pascal. My conclusion of your retreat, <laughs> based on your last talk, it sucks. You know, but if we hate the world, then we just added another uh, arrow. Is that a second arrow? You know, it's difficult to be a human being, says the Buddha. Let's hate it. Not a good option. Not a good option. If we hate it, it's going to be even more painful. Maybe multiplying the difficulty. If we want something else, another life, where things happen, flow. Where things flow all the time. People say what I want. They do what I want. I can be who I want. You know, I want another world, another world. It's exhausting because it's not going to happen. That's not the nature of reality. You know? So if I want another world, it's going to be painful. If I hate this world, it's going to be painful. What then? Then, the middle path. Don't hate it. Don't desire something else. Just respond appropriately to what is here, what is happening. What is the appropriate response? Compassion care, uh, benevolence, joy, balance, 
courage, all these things that we're going to discover along the path or that we know already as resources. So it's going to be messy. You know, it was messy for the Buddha, awakened and bad feet, bad back, enemies. You know, you would think, wow, once enlightened, you know, you should be floating. You know, no, not exactly like this. Ananda, can you end the, finish the talk for me, the teaching? My back is hurting too much. I can't finish the talk. I, got, I have to go lay down. You know what I'm going to say. You heard me so many times. <laughs> say it for me. You know. Tell them I'm going to lay down here. I can't uh, sit anymore. You know, this is the nature of the world, disease, old age and death. You know? It's interesting that the Buddha talks about uh, being free, this kind of promise that, that it's possible, not impossible, to be free from old age, uh, disease and death. While it's going to happen, for sure. How can we be free from disease, old age and death if it's going to happen? Well, it requires a change of perception to not make it so personal. Somebody, uh, Mogaraja, asks the Buddha, how can I escape the gaze of the Lord of Death? That's their question. People come up with strange questions. No? <laughs> can I reach the end of the world by walking? Okay, that's your question. Let's do what we can. Let's see what we can do with this. And the Buddha, good, good teacher, makes something really good out of this. Next one comes. What's your question? How can I escape? The gaze of the Lord of Death. Okay, so that's your question. And the Buddha says, Mogaraja, uh, be ever watchful. That's the translation I've read. Be ever watchful. Be attentive, Mogaraja. Do not take anything to be I, mine, and you'll escape the gaze of the Lord of Death. Do not make anything personal. Look at experience and you'll notice how it's conditional, how it arises by itself. The discouragement, the ache, the breath, you know, consciousness that I take to be me, that I wrongfully appropriate as me. You know, something extremely natural, moments of consciousness. It's like the breath. There's nothing to do. The world keeps being known, revealed, you know. Ah, I made that small mistake of making it me, moi. You know, small little mistake, creating loads of trouble. How can we disentangle the tangle? Be ever watchful. And you'll notice how it's not personal, what appeared, 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 appearance to be personal. Maybe it was not so personal. Breath, sensations come and go, 
moments of consciousness, emotion, thoughts, might not be exactly me. Not that they don't exist, that they don't come and go, but this appropriation, identification, might be a slight little uh, perturbation of perception, slight little wrong angle, you know. And it's possible to correct the view, wise view, wise view. So that's what we do when we uh, practice. Uh, that's what we did here this weekend. That's what we're invited to continue doing, is to be interested in phenomena, not with the glasses of what I want, uh, what should be happening, etc., but just remove these glasses or about me, everything referring back to moi. You know? Let's remove these glasses, put the Dharma glasses, you know, and look be interested in phenomena. They're arising, they're passing. This is the instructions of the Buddha. Phenomena? In the body, in the heart, in situations. Just notice it's arising and it's passing. Become an expert at uh, being sensitive to the arising and passing, the flashing absence, presence of something, of things. And you start to notice that the world is not that solid. Things are not that I. Where's I if all these things keep appearing and disappearing? You know? Like now, we're here. It seems so real, so it, you know? And then, I would say about 11 minutes, <laughs> it's going to start crumbling. <laughs> You know, in the community will have been something very dynamic. It came together and whoops, it vanished. You know? And the retreat, you know, will, have, will be gone. And so it is with our different maybe roles. You know, we'll be, I don't know what, a parent, and then suddenly, whoops on the other side of the country. You know? Or, you know, we'll have that status. I remember when I was in the doctor's office, you know, I was youth, health, <laughs> beauty. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what was, were my beliefs, you know. But the, the doctor kind of pointed out, it's like, oh, now you're dying, patient, you know. We have a few new identities for you, Pascal. Sorry, you're not prepared. You know, you didn't, you didn't have the chance to do the inner work, the an anticipatory grief <laughs> or anything, you know. But it's finished. Youth, health, uh, you know, all, all this is gone now. Now it's a different identity. Even more than this, it's uh, ugly, you should die. You know, you should be ashamed. You know, you're cursed, you know. You know, all the stigma. Voila, that's, now that's what you carry. Wow. 
It vanished. Something that looked solid, gone. Suddenly there's a new... And you know this for yourself, maybe, in different aspect of your lives, or even the, uh, you know, everything. I remember I had a, a partner, adorable, beautiful being, and one of the little things that were interesting <laughs> was that um, sometimes, you know, it was uh, like, the, you know, this kind of rebirth into, uh, you know, my, my morning was going really well, everything was well until you, Pascal, or this person, or some, something, you know, and suddenly, you know, this, everything is destroyed, my, my day is destroyed, you know, like, this, it's amazing, huh? it's, it might be not identity, but like, suddenly something, a new information, something said, and suddenly, we're born in a different, suddenly we're in hell, you know, we went from paradise, I woke up, had my coffee, exactly like I wanted, you know, suddenly this email comes in, I inhabit a different world, you know, just completely changed. You know. This is the nature of the world. That's that's what it does, you know. That's so how how to meet this? How to meet this? Yeah, sometimes humor is available. Sometimes tenderness is, and we do this practice to develop these strengths to help us navigate all these things. And the capacity to appreciate what is beautiful, what could easily not have been like this retreat. We've seen with the pandemic that it's easy for a retreat life to not happen or anything else that is beautiful you know, in our world. You know, nature is is not we, we, we thought maybe a few decades ago, no, that nature was, you know, was, and now it's becoming really clear that it's very conditional, very uncertain, very fragile, unstable, unreliable, you know. That's the nature of things. How will we meet this? Benevolence seems like a really good option here, you know, to take care, take care of ourselves wish well to others, accompany each other. Okay, voila. <laughs> Let's take just a moment uh, together in silence. And see, see how it lands, see what, what, what it does to the heart, is it would be natural that this, this would be, uh, you know, poignant in some way, uh, disturbing or worrisome, or maybe maybe it opens the door to great compassion for you, for living beings, for life.
May all beings uh, be able to walk the path, abandon what is not helpful, cultivate what is helpful, and find the freedom unconditional, stability of heart, compassion, benevolence, radiance, joy, in the midst of the this uncertainty, this ephemerality. May we make peace with the world as it is. Thank you, thank you so much for your um, consideration and your practice. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.